Today on the Go for Bronze podcast, Ace and Yoel discuss the PS5 firmware update, which brings some super cool, fun Discord integration to the system. We are going to take a look at that. We're also going to discuss Ace's favorite ways to manipulate the whole gift card system. Yep, that's right. My dreams. No, no, no thievery. Just good old-fashioned honest manipulation to get us that thing that we so enjoy, the PlayStation Store card. There's a bunch of other stuff they'll cover. Here they are. Hello, and welcome to the Go for Bronze podcast, episode 21. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I don't know why, but right now I just experienced something I never had before. What? As Joe was reading down the, as the listeners hear Joe's beautiful voice in the, in the intro, Hello. Joe kind of freestyles the intro for us. And he always edits it in post and it always sounds a lot better. But it felt like it was like on a roller coaster and it was like just slowly getting to the end. And then once he was like, oh, then he like was when, when it was like my light to turn in and start doing the show. I was like, oh, fuck, where this is going. That's it. Yeah, that's good. That's how it should be. We just roll straight into it. We just roll straight into it. And this is a fun roller coaster ride of PlayStation News. And I always and say that one of the, I think when I talk to people about the show, one of my favorite things that Joe does is he'll play sound bites that don't actually make it into the show. And yeah. sometimes that's really entertaining for us. That's the best thing ever. That's like the, the deleted scenes, you know, it's the director's cut, if you will. Yeah, it keeps us on our toes because we don't even really know what's happening the whole time, but it's good. Leaves you a little bit uneasy, but it, ca- it causes for good entertainment. And you know what's something also that makes me uneasy? Is the lack of meat in your sandwiches recently? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fuck Panera. <laughs> so so Panera's not a good restaurant. And it's confirmed probably I'll never return there. So the reason why I went to Panera in the first place is employee appreciation day was last week. I was not appreciated. However, <laughs> funny enough, I did get a raise. So thank you and a promotion. So thank you for that. But separate from that, I got like these points as appreciation and my company has like a website where you can redeem them for gift cards or like other items. So I was hungry and I was like, okay, well I'll just get a quick 25 one for Panera. And I went there, got a steak and white cheddar sandwich. Shit was awful. I sent a picture in the chat for the boys, fucking no meat on it. And the sandwich, the steak and white cheddar is steak, white cheddar, and horseradish. They used horseradish like it was mayo. Like there was that much on there. Yeah, that, that was a little rough. It looked more like buttered bread than anything, honestly. Yeah. It, and it the looked... butter fucking burned your nose because it's just wasabi, but it's not green. Yeah, that was a rough, that was a very baby-ass sandwich. But then you fucked around and found well, that again. Well, because I only spent half. And so I was like, I need to use this either now or I'm never going to use it again. And I'll have just wasted those points. So I woke up this morning and I was like, all right, I'll go get a iced coffee. And well, specifically, I'll get a Madagascar vanilla cold brew, which sounded nice. And I'll get a blueberry bagel with the honey walnut cream cheese. So I get in to do rapid pickup. My Are shit you is fucking not- 90 years old? That sounds like a 90-year-old woman's order what do you from mean? Panera. Just the, not the Madagascar cold brew, but the <laughs> blueberry muffin. And what did you say? Cream cheese? No, I said a bagel. Oh, bagel. Like but what, no, but what was the cream cheese? The cream cheese Honey is kind of crazy. Honey walnut cream cheese. That's, that's not a crazy, crazy at all. That's crazy. I'm just saying Have it's you crazy. had it? No. 
Well, it's fucking incredible, <laughs> and you need to have it because there are a couple of different cream cheeses, right? You got your classic, you got your chive and onion, you've got That's your honey disgusting. walnut, and then you've got your garden mix. Garden mix in the trash, nobody wants it, but Just the other three are good. Yeah, chive and onion has its has its place. Honey walnut is very good. I feel like chive and onion really depends on the bagel itself. It's not. I it's not a. It has, it has to. It has to play. They have to complement each other. You know, it's like a good uh, wine and steak. I agree. I think honey walnut, however, can go with any. I guess I have to try. I don't know. I would never try something like so that. So I wouldn't try it from Panera, right? The reason why right. I know honey walnut is good is because Einstein's. We like Einstein's a lot. So Einstein okay. has good honey walnut. So I figured I'd try it here. Anyway, I get into Panera. My shit should be on the rapid pickup because that's what it told me it would be. <laughs> it's not. So that's fine. But then I go to the counter and this old ass white lady, which obviously it's Panera. So... That's who's going to be working there. And that's all the clientele. This old ass white lady is like looking around like she doesn't know who's next in line, even though I'm standing right there. But she probably didn't know what to do about a minority. And then oh, she calls uh, the next. That's probably what it was, honestly. <laughs> she called the next. She got scared. Per- she called the next person in line and then helped them. And then after that, she tried to call another person. I was like, uh-uh. So I just like kind of scooted my way in because this was like right before work and I needed to get back. So I scooted my way in and I was like, hey. Uh, like I have this order, but I didn't see it on the shelf. And she didn't say anything. Like she just like looked around like she didn't know what was happening. And then somebody else comes over to assist and they're like, yeah, it's this order right here. And then they hand it to me and I was like, all right. So I take it. Coffee is mid and the bagel is stale at 8.15 a.m. Jesus, they gave you the overnight bagel. That's crazy. So anyway, yeah. in two separate locations. I don't think I'll ever do Panera again. Yeah, I think, I mean, I never fucked with Panera to begin with because it's kind of pricey and it's like for fast food options, I'd rather go to like Five Guys or like Firehouse yeah. or Chipotle or fucking Fresh Kitchen or literally anything else except Panera. Panera, I feel like Panera, if you're not if you're not going there to do schoolwork, I don't even know why the fuck you're in a Panera. If you're not either doing schoolwork or if you're not like a 50 year old, like teaching a kid or tutoring a kid there's no reason to be in panera or you're selecting from a limited options of gift cards are you selecting from a very limited option of gift cards i guess so wait what were the food options was there like so they're the classic mcdonald's the golden arch is always so there's a a lot of good options that are more expensive but cheaper like one meal option and this did this wasn't all my points by the way i have a ton of them this was just like a little portion he's fucking balling out there ladies and gentlemen yeah that was a very small portion of the point so that didn't actually matter but they wipes 25 dollars with his ass there's a there's a couple of crazy omissions the crazy omissions is there's no amazon gift cards wow and there's no target i think those two should be there that's brazy honestly or walmart does that walmart's not on there either what the fuck yeah, and I mean, food options, there's some good, like, sit-down restaurants, and then, but they just don't have a lot of, like, cheap one-person, one-meal kind of ones. Like, a lot of the gift cards would be restaurants that I would, like, redeem more, and then me and Liz would eat out kind of thing. Okay, so, like, more, like, traditional restaurant, not, like, a fast food. Exactly. Good food, fast kind of place. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So I just did this one, and then I regretted it, but I learned. But the most important question is, do they have the PSN cards? They do. That's normally what I get. Okay. So, Well, uh, normally, when I say normally, I still have plenty of points, so I can still do that. But <laughs> normally, that's what I redeem it for is PSN points. 
That's kind of weird that they have that. That's pretty obscure. I feel like the PSN cards, but no Target or Walmart. So they, they have don't Publix at least. They don't have Publix. They also don't the have. Fuck? They don't have PSN. They have GameStop, and then you just use the GameStop to buy PSN cards. Ah, okay. So I had a similar thing too, where I got emailed like a hundred dollar like e gift card, and then you get to pick from a whole bunch of vendors, and they had like everybody that you said that they didn't have. They actually had a lot of good options. They had Amazon. They had Nike, which I was like, oh, that that would be kind of cool too. Yeah, they have but, Nike um, here too. But I was just like, oh, I went straight to PlayStation cards. I just typed in PlayStation. Because at first, I got pissed because it was like a featured section and they had Xbox. And I was like, oh my God, if they fucking like picked it aside, I'd be so pissed. Because then, But then I would have just got like a Target gift card and bought PSN cards that way. But it would have been more steps. And there's just... Well, there's a straight- couple... There's a... It's good that you didn't have to go through that hoop because let's say... Mm-hmm. Let's say you did get the gift card for target and then you wanted to get psn cards you technically can't get gift cards with gift cards what so gamestop i think is like kind of an exception the reason how i found this out was that i bought something on ebay and i was trying to i know this is a lot of bullshit for anyone listening <laughs> you're learning all about gift cards but we've got some we've got some kind of knowledge to pass on so i bought something on ebay but i was like i they don't have an ebay gift card here but can i figure something out so they have Staples gift cards Jesus. and Staples sells eBay gift cards, but I didn't redeem any points. I just tried to see and you can't buy a gift card with a gift card, but I always do the GameStop and PSN. That's like the one that I always do consistently. Well, GameStop's hurting for cash. So they're letting shit slide underneath the table. I think so too. And I That's think it would be completely is. outrageous if you couldn't get PSN cards at a GameStop. Yeah, that would be kind of wild. I guess... Because I guess, though, the PlayStation cards are maybe not viewed as credit cards. It's like a credit to an account as opposed yeah. to a credit card or I, as a, as opposed to a gift card. I think, yeah, I think that must be it. Like, I think that's kind of what it is. Because there was always like your wallet and all this shit on PSN. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, my it, wallet's unlimited. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Games are free. Exactly. Games don't have it. Yeah, we, we get whatever whenever we want it. Wow, whenever we want, we want. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean that, that that's yeah, that very was fun. the Panera rant. That, that was, was the whole that... Panera. I was like, what did we talk about? Oh yeah, that we started with Panera. That's where that went. Yeah, um, yeah that never again. Never again. Fuck Panera. But for the never... first time. For the first time, I did do something for the first time. Uh, I'm no longer a virgin, guys. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I went to a musical, so I actually am a virgin still. <laughs> but I went to the musical with my girlfriend. Uh, I went to a musical for the very first time outside of like maybe like a high school production, which I don't even know. I'm just kind of like throwing that out into the ether. But, you know, time, it's a flat circle. We all forget about what we actually did and didn't do. But um, I went to like a professional musical for the first time you know these people dedicated their lives they shake and dance their ass all around america you make it sound like they died in the play they dedicated their lives they dedicated their lives it was pretty it look i did i enjoy the experience it was fun like going to like a fancy air like place the theater itself is very beautiful and like ornate and you're like oh i feel fancy but then you're like it's all a bunch of older people that probably have a lot more money than me and they're just like, yes, the theater. This is what we do on a Thursday afternoon is go to the theater. I don't know why they're British in Orlando, but they are. And we saw Pretty Woman, which it's kind of like, it was weird because like, I don't know. I didn't see Pretty Woman, the movie, but like, I know the movie. So like, you kind of know like where it goes. 
So it was kind of like uneventful. There was no plot twist or anything like that. But it is impressive people singing out of nowhere. It is kind of like crazy how they're just like dancing and singing and it's like all good and shit. But for the first musical, I'll probably give it like a six out of ten. All right. Rent don't buy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good to know. I think I've never been to a a music like an actual adult play, but I think I've seen like college ones. I've seen college musicals. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's like the same. It's the same shit, honestly. You know, Pam, Just, Pam didn't think it was that great of a musical, and she's a musical theater kid herself. So, but I don't know. She said she, it was pretty. Would she respond uh, positively to being called a music theater kid? I. <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, you know, because it's like, uh, so, okay, so Liz, Liz would consider herself like in that, right? But even she thinks like that music theater kid is like, there's something to that. She, I don't think she would consider herself a quote unquote music theater kid because she doesn't give off like music theater energy. Like it's something you kind of have to dig in and you're like, oh shit, I found out about this. Like, what are we going to do with this information? We have to kind of assess it. And then you kind of realize, like, oh, you're just like one of the rare cool people that like musical theater things. Yeah, it's a I feel like mine. it's us with it's, games. I agree. There was somebody that came up to me, and if they're listening to this, by the way, you're awesome. So I'm not making fun of you. But there was somebody that came up to me at work the other day, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, like, oh, you must know this because you're a gamer." And like, still something about it. You're just like, ah, emotional. Like, yeah, it's true, but like, just don't say it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like, I'm a gamer. I'm oh, a hardcore gamer. Even though I do like to look to, at Pam when I play games and I'm like, gamer mode activated. But that's just because well, I like love I, being annoying. I like movies, but I don't like being like, I'm a fucking cinephile. I just say I like movies. Cinephile also sounds, it's not a, not a great name. They no, need it's to change. Not, okay, so another example would be I was a bartender, but I wasn't a fucking mixologist. All right, let's just call it what it is. What's it called? Uh, oh, what is the fancy Maybe word Maybe that's just for... me. I just no, think mixologist sounds stupid. Like, I mixo- get that there's a difference between like a cook and a chef, but if you're a bartender, you're a bartender. Yeah, no, I get that. But mixol- I feel like I've never been to a place where they call themselves mixologists. I feel like I don't go to places that are that fancy. That is, I, I is disagree. Is that a fancy thing or is that a pretentious I disagree. thing? I think that you have been to plenty of places that they would call themselves mixologists. You just didn't ask them what they call themselves. I think the conversation comes up a lot in between bartenders. Oh, they're like, I'm a mixologist exactly. at so-and-so. And it's like, you're a fucking bartender. Shut your mouth. Correct. You've definitely been to places. I mean, we've definitely been to like bars together where they probably would call themselves that. It's just like we didn't care to like have that conversation. And oh, I, you know where they would call themselves mixologists? The fucking... Uh, Hanson Shoe Repair? I think Hanson they would. Hanson Shoe Repair. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. I was like, the one to speak easy. Yes. Yeah, where I was like, can you guys do a lemon drop? And they were like, mm, we don't have vodka, but we have clear liqueur. Shut the fuck up. Just put some lemons in some clear liquor and serve it. Yeah, come on. Stop, stop making it harder than what it has to be. I'm trying to this get fucked is, up. That's why I also like, I don't, whenever I order at places, I never say like, oh, I used to be a bartender because bartenders hate that. And... I don't know. It just like brings up a weird. It's like almost being a little bit competitive, but like I don't understand why we're competing right now. You're serving me, or I'm <laughs> serving you, right? It's one oh, of the wow. two. Okay. Yeah, because then you're like, oh yeah, I know how to make this drink and that drink, and it's like, yeah, where'd you work? Oh, you... and then they're like, they won't respect where you work. They're like, oh, that's not a real bar. Well, I would I underst- at this bar. I would understand them not respecting where I worked. So that was always a, uh, you know. 
As as Laura goes for anyone who doesn't know, I was a, a bartender at a luxury movie theater. Now it's hard to explain the fact that we actually did serve a lot of great cocktails, but it's just it's still a theater, so it's hard to like bring that up. But it was just a bunch of dads old, ordering old fashioned during Marvel films. Yeah, I mean it's that, or you know, a bunch of like moms ordering a bunch of champagne and wine. But there's a lot of cocktails too. Yeah, but um, I'm a real bartender. I, I wouldn't down. I, yeah, I wouldn't downplay. You, you know, you had a nice fancy bar. That's actually where you. That's where the lore of you and Joe met. That's yeah, that, that is happens. that is how me and Joe met. That is very very true. <laughs> that's very true. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fine establishment, is what that was. Yeah, that was that was a great a and, and let me tell you, Let me tell you, of the bartenders, all the other ones, total disaster. Ace <laughs> yeah, they were bad. Was the best. Wow. Ace was I mean, the best. I mean, so that just shows like we just hired the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mark was pretty good. I used to have to get back there and help out sometimes. I could handle like the beer pours, you know, just like the quick stuff. And he's, you can pour a beer. Yeah, yeah, I do the easy. Out. Yeah, just to help out because you know you you got it. You can't let Mark just die back there. And the way some of those drinks were complicated. The, most, the way that he would help out the most is he would vape in the storage room. <laughs> <laughs> Just catch him back there, just chilling in a fold-out Joe, chair. Joe was being a, he was a real manager. I feel like all great managers sit in the hey, back listen, room and vape. That's all good movie theater managers do. I mean, it's true. It's like anyone who's anyone who's worked in like food or serving or anything like that also knows that when shit gets busy, sometimes you just stand in like the walk-in freezer for a little bit to it cool off. Good. You're like it's silent in here. It's like I can have, I can like think, but then you have to leave because the thoughts start settling in, and you start realizing what you're actually doing. You're like, wait, no, 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 no. I got to go back out there before I realize I just want to quit and kill myself. I always had the thought that so getting out of it too. Sometimes the doors are hard to open, and I always had a little worry of like, what if it just one day doesn't open and you die in the freezer? Yeah, I'm resourceful, especially at the bar. Um, especially at the bar fridge because it's not the kitchen one where people are walking in and out and nobody wow. would walk over there. But wouldn't your closing manager, you know, do his, his nightly routine? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. the nightly routine was vaping in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, getting deep in the lore of Gopher Bros here. I'd love to see it. But I wasn't yeah. a mixologist. I was just a bartender to bring it back. You were just a bartender, and these people were, were basically just. I was watching a bunch of musical theater kids last Thursday. That's what I was doing. I was going to say, Pam, uh, bringing it Pam back to where consider, we started. Pam I don't think she would consider herself. Yeah, she's not. I, I redact that from the from the comments. Well, it's already out re- there, but it's okay. We'll hear well, maybe, about it. Just like maybe, how yeah. we heard that she was <laughs> she was happy and she thought it was great when uh, she heard the way is blood faye webster conversation from last week yeah i know I'm, I'm glad that you're paying attention to what she listens to because i'm clearly not i guess i also saw on our analytics that i guess a higher percentage of our <laughs> listeners are female and i think it's just pam listening to her bullshit that's good shit thanks pam <laughs> but thanks, so babe. yeah so you did the you did the musical and then have you been playing anything new like new new uh, I mean, Atomic Heart, I dabbled in a little bit more. It's That's more new. new. I think, uh, I haven't played it too much, but I don't think it's the writing is as bad as people are making it sound. It's just very like throwback to like how video games used to be. And 
not that like I wanted like I don't like the new advancements and stuff like that, but sometimes a video game can just be dumb. Even though this game was touted to be like a smart game, like a Bioshock that would make you think and stuff like that. This is kind of just like a dumb game. Um and the world's fun and the and the, and the combat is okay. I can understand why people so when I was playing this game, you know what it actually made me think of is um before I say this also, Mark loves this game too. We're gonna talk about Bioshock, but Mark always says that the combat is not as good as I think it is. I think there's nothing wrong with Bioshock's combat. There's nothing that needs to be updated. Mark is like, nah, it's like it's kind of like mid. And then like we've seen that happen with like my younger brothers have tried to play it. Well, Justin in particular tried to play it, and then he was like, Yeah, this is kind of boring as shit and the combat sucks. I feel like Atomic Heart has that combat, which I guess is un- which I can see also being unexcusable for 2023, but it has like very much like kind of floaty, like the guns don't feel like always right. And the melee combat also feels kind of light and stuff like that. So it gives me Bioshock vibes in the combat and obviously in the kind of like the aesthetics and what it's trying to do. But it's more like a like a dumbed down. It's like a mixture of it's like Bioshock would destroy humans dialogue. So I can see how that like doesn't work well for people. Yeah, I've heard the dialogue is just hard to listen to, but I've heard different things. Is is so did you look in the options menu? Is there in fact a Russian voiceover version or is there not? So there is, and you. So when I thought there wasn't, is because you can't do it once you're in the game, but you have to go to the main menu, and then it lets you select. So I have it now selected to Russian, and I mean, it doesn't sound as bad because I don't know what fuck bad Russian VO sounds like. Right. That's that's what I would have imagined, <laughs> and I think that whenever I get to it, that's probably what I would do because the same stupid shit is going to be there in a subtitle, but I don't have to hear it. But apparently Russian and like spelt out in Russian, like the, in the Russian alphabet is like P-Y-Y-A-C-H or something. Because I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this what Russian is? Because it's like the second option for language. Mm-hmm. And I was, I Googled it. And uh, now the CIA is watching everything I do on my phone. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, it's a different, definitely a very different style of alphabet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but outside of that, I'm dived a little bit into Forgotten City. It's cool. Play Excellent. It. Mark obviously recommended it last year. Beat Dead Space, but nothing new, new that I want to talk too much about in like in depth. Gotcha. Okay, you don't have anything to say about Forgotten City? Uh, I haven't. I haven't played it like that that much. I've played, probably played maybe like 30 to, 32 like an hour. That's more. fair. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Well, I haven't been playing anything new per se, but I still have stuff to talk about. I think I see, with yeah. So with, with Horizon Warzone? Zero Dawn. I'm still playing Zero Dawn, trying to make my way through that, and then getting to Forbidden West, specifically for the Stars campaign. But just in general, it's about been about time that I get through these games. So Zero Dawn, I'm now. I don't. So I wish there was a way for me to tell how far I am in the story. Like, there's not a percentage counter anywhere. There's not a like how many main quests are you in. So I don't know how far I'm in. But something I'm noticing is that. There have been like about two or three out of like the maybe 12 to 15 main missions that I've done that are actually interesting. And the rest of them have kind of been like whatever. But I'm getting really... The game is making me feel really fatigued. Like it's fine to play, but it's like in the middle of it, it's like a great throw on a podcast complete game. Like the story and a lot of the stuff is not that enticing it's cool, but it's not like that enticing or motivating. And the gameplay is the gameplay is good, but I mean, it's just rinse and repeat. Find a crit point, bow and arrow, dead. I don't even need to use any of the other weapons. So with Zero Dawn, I'm very excited to 
get to Forbidden West. I think the one thing I wanted to say that was new is I actually kind of slightly understand a remake for it. The reason why I'm saying that is because Last of Us didn't make a lot of sense because when you went back to play Last of Us Remastered, it played fine and it looked great. Zero Dawn plays fine, but it does have like glitches and popping and problems like that that are really like kind of everywhere, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I know you mentioned that. I was kind of shocked to hear that. I didn't notice that when I was playing it on PS4 for the first time, but also it may have been more forgiving at that time too. Yeah, maybe. And at the time, it, you're at the time, it still probably looks really good compared to what was coming out. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that it looks bad now, but it's that I'm noticing like a lot of pop in, a lot of characters just like floating or being in weird spots, stuff like that happening. But I'll make my way through it. I think it's still good. <laughs> Nothing like great. And then the other thing I have here is Warzone. And I said Warzone, but it's losing me. So so the past couple of days i've been playing with uh, my brother alex and every day that we've been playing we have had multiple matches in a row where we'll get all the way to the end of the game and then the server just breaks and it kicks us no way and so we're getting now to the point where it's been about three or four days and we haven't even been able to like finish a game what the fuck for real yeah so it doesn't happen on resurgence on ashika island but it happens on almazra where even while we're playing it will play kind of not the best but that's not new even when the game first came out sometimes you'd have like performance issues but then they would smooth out over the course of the match but now we're having it where they'll happen and maybe they'll smooth out but then it'll be like we're number seven or six and then everyone will freeze and then the lobby boots us and so ass I just wanted to bring that up because like a couple things is number one that I mean, if you can't even finish matches, I feel like that is the most inexcusable thing, period, especially when your matches are like 30 to 45 minutes. So that is ridiculous. And was that I mean, that's enough to get me off of it because then I can't just even play it. And then I also wanted to just briefly mention that. If anyone is listening or anyone echoes the same feelings, something that Warzone is doing really poorly right now is way too many things are like super cheap. Like you have this Dragon Breath shotgun that nobody, you can't fight against it if you don't have one, and it can shoot you out of vehicles and just burn you. You have snake shot revolvers, which are like a one or two shot kill, even if you have full armor. You have people doing incendiary ammo on snipers that essentially make them one-shot kills, and then you also have bomb drones. So, I don't know. Warzone kind of dumps me again. And I was watching a video on YouTube about like the stats of Warzone and how it like really is dying. And I could actually see, like, if they don't like pick their shit up, I could see Warzone completely like folding. Like wow, during, really? the qu- I I could see it. I mean, over the first season, so many people fell off of it statistically. And I mean, even if you think about it for us, like me and Alex play it all the time, but like we're not really all that excited to ever get on it. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's kind of just like more of a hangout than anything at this point. We're not we're using it as like a as like a vessel to hang out as opposed to like playing. Yeah. So and then I I don't know, I guess I guess the general is just that people are just dipping from it. So I don't know, kind of actually for the first time thinking like, yeah, might unless they change some shit, they might just like get folded. I think. I mean, I feel like all Battle Royales, when you look at a game, especially like a game like Fortnite, that's like so well, like, yeah, has content, they change content. it up. 
and it doesn't it feels like something's new every time you log into the game and then you look at something that's kind of stale like warzone and then it's like well like no wonder that fortnite is still like relevant and still like probably the most ex- like like a uh, popular online game and stuff like that because you kind of need that consistent like content drip like we saw this happen with halo infinite where that game is basically dead too no shot at xbox is just reality is just the one that recently popped in my mind um because i saw 343 said that the long content drop is now over and it's like the game's been out for like two years what the fuck are you talking about now yeah, it's over agreed you can't yeah you can't you can't wait that long for it so yeah like you see a game like that and you see a game like warzone and then you see something like apex and fortnite and it's like these are getting consistent changes with classes and new weapons new maps and all this stuff and it's like warzone kind of stays stale and they yeah. seem to really care a lot about resurgence, but even resurgence is kind of stale within like they haven't really changed much. They have one game mode and they know people like it because they get to like constantly be fighting and stay alive. Yeah, I agree. And then even even the, the video I watched did a really good breakdown of like, you know, with Warzone, there haven't really been any limited time modes, which I didn't even think about. But yeah, there's been no iron trials. There's been no jug suits, but there's been no like they don't do. There's no Easter eggs. There's like nothing to actually do on the map and no points of interest have been added i mean they crashed a plane but i've never even been in the plane it doesn't matter i feel like original verdance was like a lot more involved even so funny because it's like you would think they would learn from that but like original verdance like you said it had those easter eggs and had the limited time the modes like original warzone had a lot more like creativity behind it even though the map was like all gray yeah no i totally agree yeah it was they had way more creativity there was like just much more happening. Yeah, there seemed to be just like a lot more of an investment in it, making it into a thing. And then now it's just kind of like, I guess they're content with like the money they're making because you would assume if it's not performing Activision that they make so much money, especially Call of Duty as a brand makes so much money, you would just dump money into the problem and be like, hey, let's make a bunch of new shit to make this more profitable and more engaging. But I wonder, there's no, I wonder way, where that like, there's no way it's making as much money as it should be yeah maybe that's why they're and then maybe that would causes them to cut it since they're so kind of like business minded and they're like well let's cut support for this but then that doesn't make sense supporting? yeah i agree yeah, i think maybe maybe that's why they're like all right well fuck it now we need to do a new premium release next year but that doesn't make sense that doesn't solve your problem yeah so warzone yeah i mean it's well, been i don't think i really i don't think warzone this like cycle with modern warfare 2 warzone 2 ever really got me yeah, I mean, it, it's always had performance issues and the content drought is there. And so, I don't know, we, we I mean, we're going to talk about this again and again during the show. Is this keeping li- like games alive over a long period of time? There's numerous examples we're going to bring up, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It, they it, Like all these companies do have to learn at some point that like this is clearly not the way to go or like the way to focus of just like yeah. super thin but long term it doesn't work if you want yeah, long term then it has to be packed long term mm-hmm. and instead of making it long and like you know like thin with content make a single player game that has a meaningful experience or story that would mm-hmm. probably sell a lot better than these kind of half-baked live service games yeah so i mean that was just that's my my near like you know little warzone rant i didn't want to go on too long about it i just wanted to mention that it is something that i always play and i probably still will but for the first time even like both me and alex are like yeah we'll wait for a patch and that normally never happens we normally always consistently play it so we're just like yeah we're good for now 
unless they do something about like patching it and making it like stable enough to even play a match. Yeah, I did not know about that. Is that. So that's been like a this week problem? I think so. But again, you don't know because nobody's fucking playing it. Or like not enough people are playing it that it matters. Like to complain. Yeah. yeah. Wah, wah, wah. But well. it's okay. We've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Hopefully positive, maybe not so positive. But regardless, that'll be uh, up to you, you know, the audience. To What do you think about these kind of stories and what, what your outlook is on some of this stuff? But we have the Capcom Spotlight to kick us off here with new stuff. So the Capcom spotlight, we mentioned it last week that they were going to do it this Thursday. And so that has just passed and it had, I would say you said you thought it was a little bit mid, right? Yeah, I thought it was pretty mid. I would agree. I would say it was a little bit mid, maybe even a little bit disappointing. I think it had most of the stuff that I somewhat expected, but I'll just get into it proper and just get some of the hit the highlights and then if we want to circle back on anything we can so resident evil was there resident evil 4 they showed there will be a demo that they're calling the chainsaw demo it's available on all platforms except for switch uh but it's available on playstation xbox both current and last gen and on steam actually i don't know if it's available on xbox one but it is ps5 ps4 series x and s and steam i don't think xbox one has a version okay so, but um, it's so it's a demo where basically there's no time limit. It's going to be the entry of the game, right? Where you kind of hit that first town, that very iconic piece, and they say that you can play it as much as you want, and that'll hold you over until the main game releases. And so that was kind of just the big thing there. And then a side note to this, right? Because we don't need to have it fully written, but a side note to this is that the rain that we've seen in a lot of these like Resident Evil. Uh, trailers is patched or they said that there will be a day one patch that will make the rain not shitty so for those who haven't seen it there was rain in some of the gameplay trailers that kind of looked like the rain from the gta trilogy and which is rough exactly and so what was happening was was somebody broke down the video and wherever leon was standing there was like a rectangle of rain above him and when he would go like under an awning or something there would be no rain outside the awning because it was only localized above the character ah so it was exactly so it just looked really stupid so there'll be a day one patch for that and that was pretty much all they said on that and then other resident evil stuff is there is a kind of cgi movie for resident evil coming out which i don't know who watches those i mean maybe somebody (laughs) like i like anime but the like 3d kind of anime stuff always looks weird. weird to me then they talked about Monster Hunter Rise. They showed a Sunbreak trailer and showed the release date. That'll be coming out on April 28th. And Monster Hunter Rise base will also be available during a publisher sale that they also announced. So like a bunch of Resident Evil games, with the exception of four, obviously, will be on sale and Monster Hunter Rise will be on there too. I would say the other probably interesting one was Exoprimal. So we saw last week, we didn't actually talk about it, but we saw last week that there was an open beta that had been leaked to be on the store at some time coming up soon. So they showed a kind of big blowout gameplay trailer for Exoprimal and then ended it by saying that there will be a, an open test crossplay test from March 17th to 19th. Now, I bring this up and Joel is nodding along with me here, kind of like looking hesitant because I thought the first portion looked pretty good, actually, like not the gameplay, but I actually thought some of the story stuff and the suits looked really cool. And then they kind of fucked it all up by showing like a battle pass and showing like characters dancing and looking really stupid. Like, for example, anyone out there that like watches anime, if you've seen a show called Neon Genesis, 
the suits of the people kind of like reminded me of that. And so they just look really cool, like the base suits. And then they showed like fucking Battle Pass ones where it's like this guy's now like a football player and they're dancing. And I'm like, you're like completely <laughs> ruining the game before it's even out. Yeah, this game looked pretty rough to me, honestly. Like you said, in the beginning, it did have me. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Cool world. And, and it seemed like very it seemed like Japanese, like in a good way, where I was like, it's campy has cool creature design, cool armor design. It's going to be fun. The gameplay didn't look, you know, it, it didn't look too bad. It looked a little button mashy, but it didn't look any, like anything crazy. And then all this live service stuff happened. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like, they even have the Japanese devs now making these shitty ass games. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Cause I was, I was interested in like the characters and talk is them mentioning that there's, you know, like going to be some time travel kind of things or some parallel mm-hmm. universes going on, but not in a, I mean, it seemed interesting as an introduction to an IP, but then to, yeah, like you're saying to show, I mean, it's not a good look to like, yeah, we know that battle passes have a free and a premium, but like when you show that and you show that there's like fucking three items in like the free, <laughs> cause if you're, t- if here's the thing, I don't think this is a free game or from what I understand, it's not a free game. I think it's not. I would believe uh, the way that they're presenting it, it doesn't seem like a free game. So people need to know, like, if it's not a free game, you should not have like a pass in it. Like, I know Call of Duty does it, but Call of Duty is not really doing it successfully right now either. (laughs) But if you're a free game, I feel like you can have a pass. If you're like a pay game, I don't think you should have a pass. It just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I can see. Because the only example saying. is Call of Duty. The only example of Call of Duty, and I feel like it, they get away with it because Warzone is technically a free thing. You don't have to pay anything to play Warzone. Yeah. But then that battle, but that season pass also bleeds into paid stuff like multiplayer. So it's kind of like a weird gray area with, it with is. Call of Duty and Warzone and that season pass particularly. I just think season passes in general are kind of... Well, battle passes. Because season passes <laughs> and battle passes are different battle passes i'm sorry battle passes in general i do think are just kind of like they kind of are like just boring like the content that comes out of a battle pass is never really consequential it's kind of generic it just feels like we are we're like we're getting rewarded with content that's made by the interns at these studios like the art design interns is like make a cool keychain and it's like all right we're going to take these 50 keychains from these interns we had for over from a summer in like 2018 or something. I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem very inventive. And then it has to eventually lean into goofy. And then it's like this, no game has a true aesthetic anymore because every game is like just goofy and hot flashy colors and our guns fucking look crazy. And it's like, so what, it, what's the, what are you trying to do? You're trying to be your own game or are you just trying to be like the same thing as everybody else and try to kind of be like Fortnite? I think there's a way a correct way to do it. I think the I think that in terms of having consequential stuff in the past, I think that Call of Duty actually is maybe one of the lowest or like least offenders where most of the stuff is cool in the past, but you're not missing out too crazy. I think a, a lot of other games are really ridiculous with it. There are a lot of <laughs> other games where the stuff in the past is actually really cool, but nothing you get otherwise is cool at all and you feel like a fucking idiot playing it without having it but even with call of duty as an example right like you're getting i don't know it's a weird example that's a gray area and i feel like destiny 2 is the only other one that's a gray area where you're technically paying for the game and then you're still 
having you pay for past. the expansions and you also the battle pass is separate from the expansion yeah correct that's kind of crazy that destiny 2 is i mean destiny 2 yeah but the thing is it's gone on for so long what do you expect them to just keep on making this shit for free that's so the thing that, like, and it, uh, here if you're established and it's really good that's one thing too but if you're new mm-hmm. out the gate you got to be a little more careful and also you kind of just nobody's going to make exo primal their game you either play destiny you either play warzone you play final fantasy 5 or 14 you play league of legends you play dota you know everybody has their, or you play fortnite you play apex you, everybody has their game mm-hmm. and you're not going to be a new game burst on the scene the same thing is happening with suicide squad too which i don't know why the delays happened but i feel like it has to be somewhat in response to like the that's negative what, feedback. Yeah, I, I've seen that it is in response to negative feedback. Now, what's going to change out of it? I don't know. Yeah, but I think like these publishers have to come to the reality that these games, these live service games, it's not going to happen. I think at the best for like the best thing for a live service, like outcome wise, is like Fall Guys, where it was hot for like a month and then now it's like fell off and maybe has consistently like maybe like ten to fifty thousand players, but nobody's going to be consistently having hundreds of thousands of players every single day yeah that's for like a select few games it's not gonna happen i totally agree and if it is gonna happen i think if it is gonna happen the only way that you're gonna do it is if you have something core that is good and either single player or small and then it becomes like a household brand name and then maybe you have not that mainline game be live service but you have a version of it then i can understand it right like destiny was new on the scene but it's got a lot of that halo in it. So it had that going for it. Call of Duty didn't obviously start out as it, but Call of Duty's always been a mainline player and so kind of can do that. And then if Last of Us does it, I don't think it'll be that crazy because Last of Us is a household name, but you can't be fresh out of the gate uh, being unproven and expect people to want to be there all the time. Yeah, you can't be unproven and also look generic. You're like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, and even... Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Even talking about the goofy shit of... That's going to end up in season passes. You know, in Call of Duty, there's stupid shit, but it's funny to us because they kind of already have us, but it's it's a turnoff when it's something that you don't know and you're like, oh, it's just like stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But even then, Call of Duty doesn't lean into it enough. We still don't have any fucking celebrity operators for season two. Maybe that's why everyone's falling off. That's also that's what I heard is people are falling off because it's just like not really fun. Like the game is really slow. Game doesn't really work. It's very cheap. And then there's not like fun things in it. It feels very free to play. It's a free to play. Like even with like how cheap everything is, like in like in game currency, not like in terms of like yeah. uh, real money cosmetics. Like the in game, like buying your weapons and all stuff, it just feels cheap. But that's that's a whole separate Call of Duty conversation, yeah, yeah, which yeah, ties true. into the live service thing, where it's just like live service. Like when is this gonna die? You're right. Let me continue with uh, let me continue on here with Exo Primal now. Also, or with the Capcom spotlight, just to wrap Exo Primal up, we also know for sure that it's not free to play because I forgot to mention it will be a day one Game Pass game. So if it's gonna that's be day one red, Game Pass, I feel like that's a red flag. Which is a red flag, we because. This is a conversation in the industry that's kind of been popping up more regularly now where you're going to hedge your bets by being on a service because you're worried maybe about how the game is going to sell. I mean, even on PlayStation, the two games that have been day one with the PlayStation now previously called or now plus is uh, Shadow Warrior 3, which was fine. I liked it, but I like Shadow Warrior, but definitely not as good as the second one. And then the new game that's going to be coming out this month, like Chia, TC... 
H-I-A. Oh, that's coming out this month? That's coming out this month on Plus. Oh, I'm excited. As a day one release. But also, like, yeah, we're excited because it's free. Stray but also did it, too. Stray, Stray also did good. it, too, which, again, game, game of the, of the year. year I, yeah, game of the year. I don't know how. But <laughs> craziest shit ever was when I saw somebody wearing a Stray t-shirt in public. Stray was the number one trending game on Twitter when it came out, Mark. That's it, a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. You're right. What do I know? <laughs> I mean, I had fun with it. I got my platinum. I'll do it again. It wasn't that long. Oh, wow. Anyway, all right. Getting back oh, to wow. it. All right. Getting back to it, Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective, uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, Street Fighter 6, they announced a new commentator, and then Capcom Town, which I don't really understand what this is. Did you see this? It's like a digital theme park. Welcome to our digital theme park yeah. where you can explore Capcom and all of Capcom's rich history. Yeah, I don't know. That's a pretty good uh, pretty good voiceover. But yeah, I didn't understand what that was. But the, the highlights there were really Exoprimal and then the Resident Evil demo. And then there's a publisher sale if you don't already own these Capcom games. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it was, it was I would say, yeah, probably more disappointing than mid, honestly, for the showcase. Did really like the uh, like the UI. I don't know, the it's visual clean. aesthetic. It, it was very clean, like going from game to game. I was like, I wish there was like interesting shit in here because I did like how it looked. Um, Street Fighter looks like kind of good, kind of like it looks a little interesting to me. I don't know why this one is grabbing me more than the other ones. I think maybe it's a cool like it seems like it's going more like a hip hop aesthetic with the spray paint and all that stuff like that. I don't know something about this one. It looks interesting. I agree. It definitely looks like more interesting than the fifth one or the fourth yes. one. So yeah, I like that. And then the the remake of that Ghost Trick game. As there's some old heads that are very happy. And the same thing with the. Mega Man, Mega Man uh, Battle Legacy Battle Systems. Yeah, that's why it wasn't. It wasn't to pass over them to say that they're not important, but it was. I have no experience with them, so I wouldn't really have much to say. Yeah, that's that's for like the NES, like Super Nintendo, you know, the Gen Xers out there. The yeah, it's just it's unfortunate with Exo Primal that I was never expecting much out of it, but that it had me at like a bell curve watching it, where I got a little bit excited, and then I was like, oh fucking, never mind yeah 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 but it's 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 all okay um i wish i don't know how do you feel about these showcases the more they happen i'm like why can't we just do things like we used to with e3 yeah i don't like them i mean overall i don't like them because it's one of those things where i feel the same way about showcases as the way i do about the way video games are released where instead of just getting everything at once actually good they think that they're giving more by spreading thin and not giving a lot over a long period of time. Because but they probably they probably see like benefits in that in terms of staying relevant. Because even if Capcom's in the news and getting shit on, like they're still in the news. Well, I think that there is definitely something to be said about relevance. I think you're absolutely right with that. I think that in terms of like. It's just good to be in the news. I mean, with Suicide Squad, I feel like that might be an opposite example of if they're Mm -hmm. delaying it now because they showed it. And even Ubisoft probably canceling games that they've shown that people hate it. So I think there's like a there's like a right way and a wrong way to do it. I feel like like the Suicide Squad hate, for example, I don't think that that would exist as much if you had that be part of a larger like daily showcase or just like big PlayStation showcase because they're not going to fucking give 15 minutes to this game for that. But they need to fluff it up and so then they do that and then it becomes an issue. Yeah. And we can get to the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad stuff when we get there. But I feel like... Uh, we can just talk about it now. The delay. Yeah, it's we can fine, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll that. Talk so about Suicide showcases. Squad. So it's perfect with the other thing we have in there too. Yeah, so Suicide Squad got delayed. It's going to be coming out May 2023. It was. Um, they didn't... Now it's getting pushed uh, further. When's it getting pushed to? It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have a date. So May was the date that it had at the moment. And then I think it was just through like an executive or an investor call or something like that where it hasn't been officially confirmed yet. But I know that... Uh, and I should be citing it correctly, but I know that there have been people who have reached out for comment and haven't mm-hmm. gotten an official comment, but basically Suicide Squad will be getting pushed from that May date, but there's not a date yet for for it. Oh, shit. Well, that's in more trouble than I thought. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Just an indefinite delay. I mean, I don't think anyone had positive reception from seeing it. Like, it, did, yeah. it had me like, okay, well, it's no longer a day one buy. Because no longer does it have the rock steady clean on it. I think they fucked up with this game by saying it's in the Arkham universe. I think there's a couple of ways, yeah. I agree. Like, even if it was by itself, it would be, like, a better game. But when it's, like, when you tie it to, like, a like a trio of, like, classic games or a quintuplet, let's not disrespect Arkham Origins, um, they're, all, they're all really good games. And this game looks like it's not going to be nowhere near the quality of the worst of the four. I think that it's also it's it's also just kind of like a slap to the name of Rocksteady. And I think that for people who are super like in in the know per se or like following it, you know, we know that the head guys from Rocksteady are going to be leaving after this game comes out. That's not a good sign. They didn't, it seems like they didn't put their all into this. Yeah, so you you know, we hear stuff like that and we know that that's normally never a positive. And so and also seeing this, it's like, so this was eight years? Like, I can't believe this was eight years. I mean, there's people saying that they canceled the Superman game to make this. That's been a rumor out there I've seen too. Um, so who knows? I don't. I can't really believe they spent eight years just making this though. It is, it is very disappointing. I can see a situation where a Superman game was being built and executives were like there's not a market for superheads or superman so let's cancel that superhead yeah, that's, that's what we all want to purchase but i know that so maybe they were like you know there's not a market for it so let's cancel it but to be completely honest like if it was rock steady and it was good i would buy it i would have yeah i would have definitely been interested it's even in like that. i mean to me i know it's not the same so some people might be like oh but like hogwarts legacy i'm not a harry potter fan but it's a objectively really well-made game and yeah. so if Rocksteady is behind an objectively well-made game, I don't really even care what it's about. But as long as it has that Rocksteady feel, and this doesn't look like it has that, which is why I'm kind of like not that interested. Yeah, so I mean, damn, the delay just kind of indefinitely is crazy. Just, yeah, it just, sucks. It looks weak on their end too, because then it feels like they could even fuck it up more by trying to change it to please the fans. It's like, just make whatever you're going to make. Just like get this shit out. There's no point in delaying this. This game is not going to be what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, they can't change the core of this game is something the fans don't want. No, I totally agree. I think that I I wish that I could sound more just positively on it, but it's that thing where I don't like the idea of we're like almost making the games with the studios, where like we do all this early that. access now and we do all this submit your survey, give us your feedback. <laughs> we're going to do a bunch of open betas and. We're going to be the betas. I don't like it. Like, have some yeah. confidence in what you're working in. You know, like you doing just the delaying for polishing and stuff like that is one thing, but delaying just because you know people aren't going to like it is another thing. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't like the making it alongside. And that's how I, I get the same energy with the spotlights too, where you're not going to show us something finished because you probably almost want us to be like telling you what we would like in the final products, which isn't really how it should be. And you're not, they're not yeah. going to listen anyway, because what we want is for things to not be incredibly monetized. And that's never what they're going to follow. Yeah, they like listen halfway. Yeah, they don't understand. They don't like they listen. They like try to change things on the surface level, but they don't understand like there's core issues with some of these games. Yeah. So, and then but, another thing with the Suicide Squad. Moving on, the other like tidbit was that Nacon was going to have or did have a showcase. I actually didn't tune into it because they previously said that Test Drive would not be present, and that was really what I was interested in. But the RoboCop game that is there, they did delay. I think it got a gameplay trailer with a date, but it was a later date. So I think that's targeting September now. And Test Drive Unlimited, while not at the showcase, did start releasing. They're going to do monthly newsletters. And so I read the newsletter and showed some screenshots and talked about basically how the core car buying experience is still the same. Of You're going to go into a showroom. You're going to test drive yes. the car. You can walk around. You're going to pick out your trim packages for what you want the interior. They mentioned that there will be various dealerships around the island of Hong Kong that you can go to. And you can also, there'll be like specialized dealerships, I think for Ferrari and Lamborghini. And it was nice for them to just talk about it and kind of just bring it up and to actually be giving us something after they've been so dark about it. But so they're going to do monthly newsletters. So you can be on the lookout for that. You can follow that at basically like Test Drive Unlimited, Solar Crown, any of their socials will probably have links to it or going to the website itself. But nice to see. They just talked about how there will be a lot of cars. And one thing that they made very clear is they were like, we want you to be able to have the ability to go in and look at cars and do all the test drives because it's important to them that you when you get a new car it's important like when you get a new car you're actually going to have it for a little while like you're not just going to get like a ridiculous amount of money it's like buying a real car that's what test drive was so cool about where it's like it's like you're being you're like simulating like the car driver's fantasy of like i can buy whatever the fuck i want i have to pick one though yes so yeah exactly so it was cool it was nice i i'm looking forward to that game but robocop i mean i have semi-interest in it just because like it's a first person shooter so why not but that also got delayed oh and not what just while we're talking about it not i mean this is a playstation show but starfield got delayed which was kind of shocking to me shocking I thought it was surprising that it got. It I thought moved. it was coming on the fall for some reason. I didn't even know it was they, supposed to come on May. So they, yeah, they said uh, that's. I guess that's. I mean, that would be why it was shocking. Was because I remember they were like, it's first half of the year for sure, and then they were like, okay, here's a release date. Also, I don't. Did you watch that trailer? No, I've been kind of like uh, so not like disinterested with Starfield, but kind of like dude, when it comes, I'll play it. It's crazy. Maybe. It's crazy. I. I I would like to play it and was kind of excited for it. Even this trailer, it's like three minutes and mm-hmm. it's really only a minute and a half. And the minute and a half is like a little bit of space and they show like an astronaut and some other stuff. And then they just put the numbers of when it's coming out in September. But there's like nothing else in the trailer. And then the whole second half is just Todd talking about how like they've been working on this game. So I'm like, they they have nothing to show. It, to me, like it doesn't it doesn't strike me as like a we're keeping it close to the vest, 
to give a grand reveal. It just strikes me as like you bring this game up all the fucking time and never have anything interesting to say about it. It's a game where they kind of just need to release it because the more they delay it, the more like the anticipation. I don't, but it's weird. It's like it's anticipation and hype, but I feel like it's more like anticipation and hype to like shit on it. I like, think. I think. I, don't I think, think it's it kind of has. Be good. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going in with that like mentality and also kind of like. Maybe there that's is, what like, they want, a, though. Maybe that is what they want. I mean, because I guess that people can shatter expectations. That's true. That also sets our expectation, but also gets people to at least people are going to like tune in and people, I bet you game pass numbers will go up for the month for people to play it. But I'm, I'm just waiting for the PS five version of it. Yeah. I mean, same. <laughs> we'll get it at some point anyway. Yeah. Just bringing that up. That's also like a major delay, which I was surprised to see. And then the last major delay we can, we can have here in a little delay roundup is uh, the Hogwarts legacy PS four version is delayed to May, 2023. Uh, developer Avalanche Software just announced a delay on social media. It was initially planned to be released on April 4th, 2023, but now will be released May 5th. And the studio simply just said it's working hard to deliver the best possible experience on all platforms and that it needs more time to do this. Um, If they they can get this shit to work on PlayStation 4, I'll be very, very shocked. I also want to say that while i am very excited for the rest of the year like i am any year playing games i even though it's only march i just want to put it out there i know that last year a lot of people were like oh man like 2022 wasn't a good year first of all i never really agreed with that but i'm also already like i don't do people think this year is going to be that good because i don't see how it can be i think people think it's been a good year so far already i think people have had not, fun with dead space hogwarts not better than last year though even this far in even three months in last year you already had elden ring you had horizon forbidden west you had gran turismo 7 all of that is in the first couple of months and then we had more i don't like dead i think space, the summer i think the summer and fall will be better last year's beginning may be better i think a majority of this year people are anticipating to be good I think Spider-Man yeah. 2 is going to be big for people. Well, that's true, but I think that that I'm I'm starting to think that maybe all. Oh, you think it the whole you think 2022 is going to be better than this year? I that is my estimate because if Suicide wow. Squad is getting pushed, Hogwarts Legacy kind of came and went for the people that are like super super into it. Like uh, there are a lot of people playing it, but for anyone that's like really into it, like they're kind of sounds like they've all dropped off of it. So Mm-hmm. to me that kind of came and went and then you're like super big hits are going to be resident evil 4 dead space and then maybe silent hill if we get that this year and atomic heart already missed so i don't think atomic heart is as bad as people say it well is. no no no. but it did miss i'm not saying it's awful it, and i'm not going to play it but i'm saying that i don't it didn't think, create the it didn't create like a, it didn't have a moment i think people it wasn't were the too, game of the town people were too mean to 2022 yeah, I definitely. We talked think, about that last year too. I think I would prefer to say it that way because I don't. I'm not saying that this year is bad or that I don't want it to be great. All I'm saying is that I thought 2022 is pretty good, and I thought it was really surprising that it felt like people constantly complain when it's like, no, like just. I mean, you appreciate what you get. Like there was a lot there. Hopefully, there mm-hmm. will be a lot there this year as well. But I feel like this week specifically has been like a little rough on the delays and even not over on the playstation side like seeing starfield getting pushed too it's like i don't know what this year is really going to offer and on the playstation side we're pretty much only going to get spider-man 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 
which is cool. Unless we get factions at the end of the year, Mark. Let's, let's right. manifest. You're I right. want factions at the end of the year. Make it happen. <laughs> I, re- I really would like that. Do we even have... We have a hard date for Spider-Man, correct? We do not. Coming this year. Okay. Coming this year. Okay, so yeah, we don't even have a date for that. So who knows if we're even getting that this year. But um, you want to know something we are getting, Mark? And then we already got... Yes, I do want to yes, know. Yes, I do want to know. I don't already we're know. Getting, we're getting a hefty PS5 firmware... 7.0 update that adds a host of quality of life improvements. Sony launched version 7 of the PlayStation 5 software, which includes support for VRR at 1440p resolution and Discord integration for PS5. But the latest PlayStation 5 firmware firmware update also rolled out several quality of life improvements for PS5 owners. Thanks to the latest firmware update, US and UK can now use voice commands to capture gameplay. These users can say actions such as, hey, PlayStation, start recording to begin capturing gameplay footage. This feature is convenient for those who want to capture gameplay footage without using the button prompts to start recording. Sony also made it easier for PlayStation 5 owners to find their VR games. Using filters in your game library, you will be able to filter out and quickly locate all your PlayStation VR and PlayStation VR 2 games you currently own. The latest PS5 firmware update makes it easier for PlayStation 5 owners to access their PS4 save data while users install a PlayStation 4 game on their PS5 and have a save file and have save data filed. A notification will appear in the PlayStation Network cloud storage. PS4 to PS5 data transfer aside, the latest firmware update makes it easier to transfer PlayStation 5 data to another PlayStation 5 console by using local Wi-Fi or LAN cable. The last noteworthy thing introduced in a PlayStation 5 firmware update is that PS5 owners that own a game's physical disc can now use the same disc installation to play the digital copy without inserting the disc into their console. And then also, a side note that something that me and Mark noticed but wasn't really written about is that the another the biggest thing that has been added in this PlayStation um, firmware update is that now when you toggle over your games and hover on the screen, it shows you exactly how long you've been playing them. Incredible. I fucking love that. When I when I saw that, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is that what I think it is?" And then I switched over to another game, and I was like, "Oh my god, it is what I think it is." I fucking love that. It's so awesome. Yeah, just like I hovered over Horizon, and it said thirty hours played. Now that this is lifetime, right? So this is just the basically the way that you used to have to find it is you would go into your profile, you would go go under games played, and then there would be a little line there that would give you how many hours played. But now it just shows up on your cross media bar when you're hovering over the game. It's an excellent feature yeah really good and then all the other stuff is very cool and interesting i don't really feel like i come i don't feel like those uh quality of life issues are necessarily for me but maybe i don't i don't use the console in that way i don't have a vr i'm not really transferring over saves in the cloud i have one system so kind of all my saves are with it and that's i don't have to worry about that um capturing the game i do think the capturing like gameplay with just saying hey playstation start recording is pretty cool and will come like in handy especially like in the middle of like a warzone match you're like i just want that clip captured but i still want to be in it so i think that's cool the vrr at 1440 that's cool the discord integration is interesting i wonder how it works though i tried looking for a discord app but i couldn't find one do you know how that works or is it like in the system for discord yeah, I want to say that it's going to be similar to... I know we covered when they were doing the beta for this. And when if it's similar to the beta, then it was you would have the Discord call started on your phone and you would transfer it over. 
I remember that being like the like, oh, it's there, but like it's not there the way you want it to be there. Now, maybe we can play around with it if we hop on um, just Mm -hmm. to see. But if it's the same way, because it sounds like the other things like the voice commands and the VRR support, those were all part of that beta, too. So if it's just the beta fully rolled out, then I would imagine it's starting a call on your phone and then transferring it to your device, like your PlayStation as your device. That's a little disappointing. I agree. I I think if that is the way it is, it's probably because that's the only way they could figure out how to integrate it cross. Like, so you can start a call with somebody on Xbox or something, but, or on PC, but then you just transfer it to your system. Yeah. And then what do you think about this? This last thing about the PlayStation physical disc and they can be played as a digital version. So I feel like that's going to get abused, right? I've, like you can just sell the disc and keep the game. I actually, so on this, I've, I've read very different things. I, I don't know what the actual is. So I don't have a disc drive, right? I have the mm-hmm. just all digital. So maybe you could test this. But from what I've read, it's not the way that it's described here. Because okay. I saw in some like comment sections where somebody was like, oh, I read this as I could put the disc in, it'll install, and then I don't need the disc to play it. I've heard that that's not how it works. So just like the way it's written here is kind of almost inaccurate or like misleading, but I don't know exactly what it what it means either. I'm thinking maybe, would, maybe it's like you put the disc in and install it and then you don't have the disc to... doesn't spin? I, I don't know. Like maybe you don't have to do it ag- again. I don't really know what the advantage is. I just know it because otherwise you could just put the game in and sell it. But I don't. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but I don't think that's how how it actually works. Or maybe you know what it is. Maybe every time you install it, like when you delete it off your system, you need to disk in there. Maybe that might be like the like light loophole. But I mean, the way they're selling these like internal uh, hard drives, you can keep a few games on there and just keep them on there until you're done beating them or platinuming them. But yeah, the way they described it was kind of brazy. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking maybe a way they can combat like the justification for having this, because I don't, don't even understand why they're doing this, is if you own a physical PlayStation, like a PS5 with the disc, and then you also have a secondary PlayStation 5 that's digital, and they're like, well, you can transfer over the game data and be able to play it on your digital as well. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. Yeah, but when I saw that, that was pretty pretty brazy. But I mean, this is a pretty solid update. One of the bigger ones in the PlayStation 5 life cycle. I think it's all quality. A lot of quality of life improvements, but I think it's all like quality like releases and a update. Yeah, I mean, it's just all good good stuff. Good, good news. But um, is there anything else you have to say about the update, Mark? Or we, no, not really. I mean, it was just... Uh, I, th- I think the time count is awesome. And then the other yeah. kind of things, if I experience them, then maybe like when we do the show next week, so stay tuned, come back next week to join us, then maybe I'll have something to say on it. But just since I know that a lot of this stuff is from that original beta that we saw, I don't think a lot of it is necessarily for me, like you said. And then even the, the disc thing, I mean, I won't even get a chance to test that because I don't have a disk drive and discord. I don't, I basically play with you guys and everyone plays on PlayStation. And then so we're good. There. I don't know if my TV does support VRR. It might not. So, but I, but I thought I had VRR already on my PlayStation five. Like I thought it was already supported. So I'm very confused with that. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, I don't know. I think maybe the including support of VRR at 1440p. Maybe we just had VRR, but it wasn't at 1440. 
I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's 1080. It, it's knows? one of those things where like we're super into it, but I don't know how you're. I'm not super like techie in the sense of where I'm like, oh, I need it to be exactly this way. Like I'll mess with performance modes in games to get them the way I want, but my system settings are mostly automatic. Mostly. Yeah. I mostly just have it as like, you know, okay, my TV has HDR. I want you using HDR. I want it to be at the top resolution. But if you mm-hmm. need to change it, I keep it auto where it can change it if it needs to. But I don't have it like really hard set a certain way. So I'm I'm similar in that. I mean, it took us like forever to get new TVs that were like 4K. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, we were we were right. I mean, the TV that I had previously, I got that right before Far Cry 3 came out. The, the TV I had previously, I think I got when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, to date it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the update is good. It's one of those things where it's like only positive to get these quality of life improvements. And that time thing is huge. That's how, for me, that time thing is super nice. I really enjoyed that because I saw Dead Space. I was like, oh, it took me 17 hours to beat it. Yeah, it's great stuff to not but, have to like go into anything to find it. Exactly. And it was kind of confusing the first time to find it, honestly. I feel like they didn't really make that very clear where to get it. Yeah, they didn't. And I guess maybe just they don't think people care about it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, moving on to the news. Looks like uh, Sony is worried that Microsoft will sabotage Call of Duty for the PlayStation. So um, Sony has laid out its concerns about Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision, Activision Blizzard, including a host of fears about the future of Activision's Call of Duty franchise. Sony says it's worried that Microsoft could raise the price of Call of Duty, make it only available on its own Xbox Game Pass subscription service, and even strategically or intentionally d- degrade the quality and performance of Call of Duty on PlayStation. Quote, Microsoft might release a PlayStation version of Call of Duty where bugs and errors emerge only on the game's final level or after later updates. Even if such degenerations could be swiftly detected, any remedy would likely come too late, by which time the gaming community would have lost confidence in PlayStation as a go-to venue to play Call of Duty. Indeed, as Modern Warfare 2 attests, Call of Duty is most often purchased in just the first few weeks of release. If it became known that the game's performance on PlayStation was worse than on Xbox, Call of Duty gamers could decide to switch to Xbox for fear of playing their favorite game at a second-class or less competitive venue. So, I think that this story is very timely because... Uh, Shit ain't working have, anyway. It's, yeah, micro, I mean, Call of Duty's not even working now, so I don't even... This is how you know Sony doesn't even play it. They just count the checks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not working now, but... I think this is pretty timely just with the release of the Outer Worlds PS5 version. And I do believe that it's running poorly exclusively on PlayStation. Yeah, I think that that might be one of those. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, you could definitely have a situation where they just optimize it for one and then it just runs poorly on the other. I mean, we've seen that yeah. PC PC gamers have to deal with that all the time. Like Callisto is mm-hmm. optimized very well for PlayStation 5 and then not anywhere else. That's true. Yeah, and I mean... I think that, like you said, like you said, that was good with Callisto, but PlayStation put money into that, so that makes sense. I guess that's why Sony's upset because they have done it. I guess they know they know what's being on the other side. Like we're paying you to optimize this, so we know you're going to prioritize that. They know that Microsoft and Activision will prioritize the Xbox version of Call of Duty as opposed to the PlayStation version. And we've even seen that certain games have xbox series x and s like versions of them but they don't have playstation 5 versions we saw that with psychonauts 2 where we only got the playstation 4 version so 
I, I can, I mean, I understand where Sony's coming from because you're kind of seeing it played out a little bit. And obviously, they you would think Microsoft would, you know, do the same, the do the same thing with the biggest game they would own if they do end up becoming the owners. Yeah, I mean, I a thousand percent agree. My one almost like if I was like to sit down. So let's say, like you know, this is a little tinfoil hat, but there is definitely some kind of merit to it, right? I think there is some merit to it. But if I was to sit down with, let's say, like Sony executives, I would the, my first thing that I would probably say, or even if it was with both of them, is I would say, you know, I've seen this done time and time again, both on the PlayStation side with Callisto and the Xbox side with maybe you know Psychonauts, where we saw it with Persona, we saw it with Outer Worlds now. But my question really is, how can that be done with a multiplayer game where they kind of have to, you kind of have to be running at a certain like, like it has to run to work if that, if you get, you like catch what I'm saying, like a single player game, yeah, you can fuck up its optimization and then people won't have as good of an experience, but you're not in the same lobby at the same time. And I bring this up, not even for PlayStation and for Xbox, but I bring this up to say, we just had Activision sign a deal to be like, we're going to bring it to Nintendo. You fucking think that it's going to be like even a game low key worth playing if they're going to make sure it can run on Nintendo. <laughs> like Hogwarts is not I'm even going to come to Nintendo. Like if it's, you think it's it going to be a different skew. I think it's going to be a different skew. Is, Hogwarts, but... Hogwarts is coming. To, I think they're going to do with the cloud gaming shit they did with like Resident Evil 7 and a few other games, but. It is technically coming to Nintendo, technically, and yeah. I do think, and I do think they're going to make different SKUs because they did do that for a very long time with Nintendo DS and Nintendo Wii. That's true, but they're called they're Call of Duty like Modern Warfare versions that are just exclusively for the DS and Wii. That is true. I mean that that is absolutely true. I guess they would just have to have a separate team, probably just work on Nintendo, which I could. And take. also, how long it will last is also, I think, more important than will it would have will it. Will it happen? It will happen, but how long it will last, I think, is more important because, yeah, it is for the ten ten years. But after ten years, they might just be doing that to like you know save face. But if it doesn't sell after ten years, they're not going to continue doing it. But games do sell on Switch, so I guess they want to try to make some of that Switch money. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird thing. It's just the, you know this Sony Microsoft with Call of Duty thing is just like it happens all the time, and it is worth covering. But I think this is maybe one of the more interesting improvements because I thought you made an excellent point of like, well, if Sony is on the side of doing the optimization with Callisto, and I'm sure other games, but I'm just using that as a recent example, then yeah, I mean, if they know, then they're going to be worried about that because they've been in that position. But the multiplayer thing is where I'm like, I don't know another example of a multiplayer game that runs really well on one, but not well on others. I feel like it's kind of universal. I think that's very cute that Sony wouldn't understand how multiplayer games works. That's also they don't true. Make them anymore. Yeah, I mean that's also an excellent <laughs> point. They just don't so know. That's probably, yeah, they don't know anything about it. But um, but yeah, that's all I have to say uh, about that. But you know, speaking of multiplayer games, yeah, somebody mentions things about us linear games, and I don't know if you saw this happened at the end of last week. And um, I feel like it didn't make enough headlines. Like I had to kind of dive deep for this story. But when I saw it, I was like, this is I can see how it's not big news, but it's like, I don't think IGN even covered this. And I was like kind of shocked. But um, what I'm talking about is the last of us co-creator and longtime Naughty Dog game director, Bruce Shirley, has sparked a developer debate debate on social media after declaring that linear games are easier to make. 
Straley tweeted out March 1st, quote, linear games are just easier to make. There, I said it. End quote. And uh, I, I feel like this is interesting. Bruce Straley has definitely been the... Uh, He's been rattled with the whole Last of Us show, the success of it, and not rattled in the sense I don't think like he's jealous. I mean, he may be a little jealous. I think there's probably definitely a little bit of envy, but I think he's most hurt with the fact that he didn't get credit, and now this is like lashing out. And his fucking new game better not be linear. Why? Since he's saying because he just said they're easier to make. I feel like he's. I feel like there's a little bit of like a jab towards linear games. Oh, you t- okay? I mean. I, okay. How did you take well, it? Well, so I feel like there's not a lot of context there to go on for me. Like, I don't know what mindset he's in when he says that, because I can definitely see what you're saying as a negative, but I can also see it as a positive, too. I think the couple of different ways to take it are, I think it could be seen as as a jab of like, well, linear games are not as special because they're easier to make. But I can also see a positive of being like, well... Linear games are easier to make and we're not going to waste like 10 years on an open world whatever kind of game. So I feel like it could be kind of either way, although I think easier again without the context, easier in terms of like, I think there are definitely ways where linear games are much easier to make. I mean, I think one very clear aspect is you don't have to worry about what the player is going to do next. You don't have to worry about how you guide them is it you know is this area of the map going to be what level or how are they gonna you know are they going to go to this boss and is the game going to break if they go here or if they do that i don't think you have to worry about any of that stuff if the level is point a to point b and i don't think linear games are bad either so i don't i think that more context needs to be said there but i also don't disagree i i mean yeah i I would imagine linear games are easier to make yeah yeah um i would from a technical standpoint not from a now if he's taking a shot at like narrative i think that's different i think a linear game that has an excellent narrative is not easier to come up with the narrative because it's linear but from a technical standpoint i think a linear game is easier to like work because you i mean you have less variables it's just like doing a big math equation you just have less variables so of course it's going to be easier yeah if, he, yeah, if he's talking from the technical aspect of making a game, then I agree. But um, I just wanted to get this. I looked it up. He did have a follow-up tweet, and I just wanted to read it out to you. He said, LOL, y'all are nuts. I didn't think this was such a controversial topic, nor did I say one design style was better than the other, but you fools, ellipses. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's that big. I, I don't think it's crazy either. And I also don't think that's just by seeing it, like just reading it with no context. I didn't take it as he was necessarily jabbing at anything else. I've just seen, I've, I've, we haven't heard about Bruce Shelley since he's left Naughty Dog, and now we're hearing a lot about Bruce Shelley. Well, this is so also like on what, like Twitter? Yeah. yeah. So people on Twitter are going to take it like negatively no matter what. I guess that's true too. They're I didn't see it personally argue. on Twitter. Yeah. I don't follow Bruce Shelley, but. I saw it on like, you know, uh, I think I found this article on Push Square. Yeah, fair. I just think that, you know, it's the kind of thing where people are probably going to just want to like attack it negatively. Where mm-hmm. it's like you can take the information in first and then consider everything, right? The first thing that I think we both consider is like, well, I don't have a lot of context. Now we mm-hmm. know that he talked about he's forming his own studio and he's not credited. So maybe in the moment yeah he's like upset and he's saying this for some kind of reason and you could be like oh well you know last of us is linear maybe he's shitting on last of us but then 
if you're thinking that way, you're making assumptions, and that's like you can't, you, you kind of shouldn't do that. You are right, but you know, I do have a show, and I got to make up with some opinions. Well, so but I, I, don't gotta, feel like, I don't feel like you're just you're not jumping on it or attacking. And I also think me and you both, when we see linear games, we're like, fuck yeah. Oh no, I love linear games. That's why I kind of was like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about linear games? Like, yes, they're easier to make in terms of technical, but I think they could be harder in certain aspects. In terms, you have to have a good, uh, you have to have good gameplay design. Yep. Which I don't know if that technically is harder, you know, you know, to make or not. But then also, like the narrative is a big part of linear games. So I don't know. It was just a weird. It was, I think it was a weird comment. I think at the least we can say it's a weird comment for him to make. I agree that it's a weird comment to granted, make. And I, granted, his success, his base, his acclaim is a linear. Game. I was going to say I think easy and easier are also two different things. But I think sometimes people only see black like things in black and white because mm-hmm. saying it's easy, I think, would be bullshit. But saying it's easier, I mean, if you think about. If I think about like, okay, like an Uncharted versus like a Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild sounds a lot fucking harder to make, like even conceptually, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't, it doesn't really seem that wild to say easier, but he's not saying it's easy. Also, I wonder what this means for the game that they're making at their studio. I'm kind of, si- I'm hoping that I see that as like, hey, linear games are easier and we're going to make a linear game. That'd be cool with me. Yeah. I don't need you trying to make some difficult shit just to like challenge yourself. But it is a weird That's comment. True. It's I mean it's a weird I think it's comment. a weird comment. It's a weird comment to not make with context because I think he I think he's smart enough to know that there's gonna be like what the fuck there's gonna be people reading into it. Especially with the success of he's the show. He's probably it's old a- enough though to not understand how it looks socially facing. Like he's not saying it to a press. He's a, but he's very online and he's okay, very yeah. I mean I don't know. He, he, I'm not not that he's very online. Let me take that back. I'm not. I don't know that. I don't know that personally. But what I'm assuming is, if you work in the game industry, your game is very, very popular. You're gonna Google your name, and you're gonna look. You're gonna be a little bit more online. Well, it, it it emboldens you. Jaffe is in the industry, and he's Jaffe's always under the- some kind of fire. <laughs> I no mean, he's always online too. No disrespect to Jaffe at all. And he is always online. Like he's very. <laughs> he's a very online persona. So <laughs> that is that is true. I love David Jaffe. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I never played. I've never played any of his games though, which is kind of crazy. But I do love him. I love his podcast, Gavin and Games. I think I played. Very funny. He was still he was still in the helm for God of War three, correct? I believe he was. I, yeah, I he was on the three. helm for the first three. I just didn't play one and two. I played three Ascension and then eighteen, and I still have to get to Ragnarok. I think he might he might have been there for Ascension, right? Maybe. The last game I remember was the was the Drawn to Death. I could be. Oh yeah, you're right. I could be wrong about this, but wasn't I thought Ascension was directed by the guy who directed Ragnarok? Well, if it is, he fucking made a comeback. I could be completely full of it though and wrong. Yeah, but either way, yeah, the no context makes it just kind of like difficult because then what are you supposed to get out of that comment? But I think it brings up an interesting discussion. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, at least at the at the worst. It is an interesting. Um, I think the good thing, thing to get out of it, which I think honestly you could probably apply to all parts of your life, is just don't immediately take something at face value, like personally, and like consider the context and don't make assumptions. Because like it's a okay. fun conversation to have, but like nobody needs to get fucking bent out of shape. 
off of him saying that it doesn't affect like your life in any way or even the games that you're playing he's still gonna make whatever they're gonna make okay and then a little little recap on david jaffe's career he's actually pretty well well decorated man over here um he started making he started was as a tester with the nes for a game called cliffhanger but where he starts getting them uh, big credits is on twisted metal 2 he was game director producer and designer and then um, twisted metal black which is the most famous one he was game director and lead designer he was the game director of god of war and also the lead designer and then he was the creative director of god of war 2 and then he was the game director on the ps3 twisted metal which i know you did fuck with for a little bit which one wait, was, wait. ps3 twisted was, metal he was the I game never director. played that you didn't i thought you did maybe play blur that is what you're thinking of blur i was super into but not that but yeah, and then he was also the game director for Calling All Cars. Okay, yeah, right. And that was it. But, that was um, the nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin was drawn to death in 2017. That was the nail in the coffin. I actually do remember playing that. I very much remember that. But yeah, but yeah. So there's a little detour. And Eric Williams was not Legend. who directed Ascension. This was not for God of War series. So let me look up the God of War Ascension. While you, uh, while I, yeah, while I get some, while you fill, yeah, while I fill, I'll, yeah, I'll do some filling here. So, yeah, I think the, I think, I wonder. So, even if we're talking about open world games, right? If we're trying to think about a more structured way of having this conversation of what's easier, what's more difficult to make, do we think an open world game in the sense of Elden Ring or Breath of the Wild, or an open world game in the sense of like Horizon Far Cry, is more difficult to make? Because one has like higher quality things in it, but you could argue less things in it. I feel like the Breath of the Wild and Elden Rings are a little bit easier just because they are a little empty in their in-between. I think that's fair. And the other ones are, even though it's a lot of like rinse and repeat, I think that that's harder to do. Yeah, I agree. To make it always work. And the director was Todd Pappy for Ascension. Totally off totally off totally off but at least we got shut your yeah i mean we got the we i'll do no more filling but we got the final answer so that's what's important we got the final answer is there anything else you want to say about uh bruce shelley's comment no i don't think so i mean yeah i don't think so i think it's just that i don't think so and then i'm gonna talk so i i think that he needs to i think right now this comment will hopefully be the last we hear of him until him and his studio have like a game to show or something to announce he needs to understand that his uh, his cachet is with the games, not what he says. So he just needs to release a fucking game. And he's on the back foot, no matter what. You're out of Naughty Dog. Exactly. You're not credited. Like you got to prove <laughs> some. You know what I mean? Yeah, here shaking cups, basically. Yeah, he's out here shaking cups. Yeah, you got to get your shit together. But um, we got two last stories. We're here going to end it off. Uh, the first of the last is a uh, new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Chi game announced. It is the fourth game in the Budokai Tenkaichi series. And uh, at the end of this weekend's Dragon Ball Z World Tour, f- World Tour Finals, Bandai Namco relieved, uh, revealed a new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi title. All we have to go on it now is just a teaser trailer which Goku goes Super Saiyan Blue. We don't have any dates and no platforms have been announced, but it's fair to assume that this project will be targeting PS5 and possibly PS4. The original Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 
series spanned a number of titles on the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3. They were arena-style fighting games featuring large, sometimes huge, character rosters. A new Budokai Tenkaichi begins, says the reveal trailer. I fucking used to love these games, especially on PlayStation 2, and they were not kidding. The rosters were fucking huge and awesome. I love that you're saying the full name every time. Budokai Tenkaichi. I, I fucking love Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi. I, uh, I... Yeah, this is it's cool that they're doing this because I know that there is a big fan base for it who's going to be really excited. For me, it doesn't. I'm not a big Dragon Ball guy or a kind of 3D arena style, except for Tekken 3D arena style fighting game, like even the Naruto games. But then again, I'm not. I love the Naruto Storm. But again, it's both of them are like IPs and in their original anime form. I haven't really gotten into them too much, so. They mm-hmm. just kind of lose me for that, but it's, I, I'm glad that they're making one. I know that there's demand for this for sure. Yeah, and it's better than this fucking. They've been doing weird shit with Dragon Ball, trying to make like RPGs and just. Well, apparently they're just pretty make, make fighting games. Well, apparently they're pretty successful. Like I know, I've seen Kakarote. like I've even yeah I was gonna say I've even seen like my like cousin shout out to him I've even seen my cousin playing Dragon Ball games on like his Switch. Like which you would oh, think sure. is like 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 they really like were all the way into it. So I think Dragon Ball <laughs> games still like sell really well. Yeah, and anime games definitely do go to the lowest common denominator. Bandai Namco fucking is making Bandai Namco is making so much money off these fucking anime games is crazy because they make all of them. I think they make they make the Naruto one, they make the now Dragon Ball one. They probably are they're making the One Piece or Demon Slayer. All these anime That's games are all the same. And they make them all, and they must be just fucking raking. I mean, in that they're cash. not all the same, but I think besides Naruto, well, besides Naruto, none of them you're interested in. Neither am I. I fucking love Naruto, and there's a new Naruto. We talked well, about it last week. Naruto to Barth. That's not say neither am I. So I don't have like I don't have the experience of playing them to say. But I don't. You know, I know you're not into Dragon Slayer or Demon Slayer. You're not into uh, One Piece. Yeah, you're not into One Piece, and then. Like the, it's always like ones that are huge, but not su- like Attack on Titan, not super interesting. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm happy for this. I I have fond memories of playing them, especially on GameCube. Um, but uh, moving into the last story that we have is very is quite an interesting one for me, just because I was like, oh, I forgot about this game. I like, I hope it comes out soon. Uh, so churches would be, quote, there in a second if Kojima wanted to collaborate on Death Stranding 2. Scottish synth-pop band Churches has signaled that the outfit is ready and willing to collaborate with Hideo Kojima again on Death Stranding 2, and they aren't shy about making their intentions known. Speaking to NME, synth player Martin Doherty commented on working with Kojima again, stating that, quote, there's nothing formal yet, We've talked and he we've hinted heavily at each other that we would both like to collaborate again. Doherty elaborated, explaining that there's sort of a dance going on right now. I don't want to be rejected by all out saying, can we be on the game, please? And Kojima says, no, but I don't know. Quote, end quote. Churches contributed to the original Death Stranding soundtrack with their song Death Stranding being featured prominently during the game's marketing push. So this is more just like a Hey, Death Stranding 2 is still a thing. Did have uh, did have great music. Did have fantastic music, but the band, the lead singer of that band, I forgot what that band was called. This um, mm. low fuck. low rise, so, low roar, 
Low Roar. Low Roar. But yeah, this, the lead singer of Low, Low, Low Roar uh, passed away. So I believe uh, last year, which is sad, mm-hmm. and, which is also sad because you would assume that that music is probably not going to be in the game because that uh, they made like an album for Death Stranding. Yeah, I figure. Yeah, I would have imagined that they would be heavily in the second one. So, yeah, I wonder if they would be in the second one or maybe they might use churches as like the replacement and be like, hey, you can do this because they did they did do the title track Death Stranding. So that's still they. I got it somewhat in with Kojima. Yeah, Churches is cool. I don't think they, like, no offense. And I do really like them. Uh, I just don't, I don't think they have, like, the Death Stranding, like, feel. Like, they don't have, like, a somber tone. I played Death Stranding again. Yeah, Death Stranding is an amazing game. But they don't have, like, that. (laughs) I don't think that they jive with the atmosphere to be, like, the main thing that you hear over and over again. There's a certain heaviness that they don't have. Like, the Death Stranding, like, the low roar... It wasn't like my type. It's like not the music that I would listen to on my own, but I fucking loved it in the game. Like it was like it fit the vibe very well because yes. it was like very like the world of Death Stranding is bleak and it's like it's on the brink of like the end of humanity. There's like maybe like what like the guy five thousand to twenty thousand people in America. I think the vocalist sounded beautiful in the sense that he almost sounded like he was in pain, and that works really mm-hmm. well for yes. Death Stranding. I, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, that, that he was in pain and it was like kind of like Sam's feelings like being manifested to like the audience. Yeah, Churches doesn't... I mean, Churches is good, but Churches is also in like fucking Forza Horizon. Yeah, they're... They, they, yeah, they're they're good, pop, but they're you know? not like Death Stranding. So if they want to be in it, I mean, I, it's cool if they're in it. I like them, but I don't think that they're the replacement. But maybe Death Stranding 2 is not uh, more action-y. So maybe they need a little more... I think if we're going like shot in the dark, fuck it. I could see Beach House doing a good-ass Death Stranding soundtrack. If we're saying like a fuck it, I think they could do a good one. (laughs) That would be fucking fantastic. But has Ujima ever tweeted about Beach House? Because I I feel like he has to tweet about you. I I don't think he has. But damn, yeah. I mean, I, I think Beach House can definitely capture that vibe. I would say or or cigarettes after sex. I know that we're getting into like just more musical kind of thing, but cigarettes okay. after sex. I think their singer kind of has a, a similar energy as the low roar singer. I think Drake really can do yeah, it. Yeah, there too. it is. Yeah, just put yay in it. <laughs> just put yay, or just no. Have have Kevin Parker do it. That's it. Oh, did you see that he fractured his hip? Oh shit! What do you do? He was running a half marathon, and he, I guess, I guess he already had a stress fracture on his hip, but so Mm -hmm. it just made it worse, and he like fully fractured it. So he needs like uh, he has like he needs help walking basically. But he said that like he's not canceling any tour dates; they're still doing them. Yeah, he needs that fucking bag, especially to replace that hip now. Yeah, so i mean damn that's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't hear about. Where did you hear about that? Instagram. They posted it on their on their like account. Oh, okay, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was like, I I was almost more. I mean, the fractured hip is crazy, but I was almost more surprised. He's like, oh, he's out here doing like half marathons. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with your life right now? Yeah, but uh, anyway, he's becoming a dad. He's becoming yeah, a dad. He is becoming a dad. That's true. I think I don't know. I'll be interested to see who is featured in the in the score for Death Stranding because the music is important to it. Definitely, Lower definitely like provided a great like ambiance of the game. Definitely, totally agree. 
But um, but yeah, that, that's all we have for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Mark, do you have do you have any closing audi- uh, comments for the audience? Do you have any? I would say my my closing yeah. comment is you know <laughs> be positive, love each other, don't take things personally. Consider the context of situations before you end uh, with a conclusion. And yeah, that's Peace. it. Play some games, play games you haven't tried before, and have a good time. The Gopher Bronze Podcast is a production of Gopher Bronze LLC, copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at gopherbronze.mail at gmail.com. Stop with my dreams. You can check out our YouTube channel at Gopher Bronze, Twitch at Gopher Bronze Pod, Instagram at Gopher Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Gopher Bronze Pod. Till next time, this is the Big Dog.